Can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now. Come on. You know you're going to be late again, and you know that I want to get there on time. Roy! Roy, 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 Roy! Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Run. Joining me is free agent Avery at Brave Grapes. Yeah, Am I I'm, allowed to say that? I'm jobless now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't get fired. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, good good, good on you for and take some time to enjoy not having the dredge of everyday work life. I'm, are you... Uh, Aside yes. from the the existential doom of you know homelessness, do you or do you feel uh, are you excited about not working for a couple weeks? I I am excited about not working for a couple weeks, but also I there is the existential doom of not being able to find a job. <laughs> I'm is, sure you'll find something. Yeah, I'm sure. There's there's a stuff. For some reason, tech jobs are like really. For I don't know if it's like across <laughs> industries, but it really feels like tech jobs are struggling right now or whatever. Yeah, there's been a lot of layoffs. Yeah. Um, especially in recruiting because most tech places aren't hiring right now. So a majority of the layoffs have been like in recruiting departments, which is unfortunate. That sucks. Uh, well, welcome to no truck stops an economics podcast. Uh, but actually we do have some basketball stuff, uh, to talk about. So we'll talk about everything. And that went down in the pack 12 this weekend. Can I give some layoff advice? Okay. All right. Yeah. If you get laid off, Go get a tattoo. <laughs> you feel like it, you feel like it helped you. You feel like you're uh, yeah. I mean, I already had the tattoo appointment planned, so at first I was like super fucking stressed because I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't spend money. And then I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. And tattoos make you feel good. So, <laughs> what did you, you get this get time? Tattoo. Uh, it's a rose on my wrist. Okay. For the Rose Bowl, go Utah. Was that really was no? Uh, that's not what it was for. I was like, <laughs> yeah, not. right. Okay. That's not. Uh, I think roses would be good. I do. I like if I were to get a tattoo, I probably will at some point. But yeah, I feel like it'd have to be rose themed. Even even now that the Rose Bowl's dead, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the new Rose Bowl. This is, or the old Rose Bowl, commemorating the old Rose Bowl. But I don't know what. When uh, when was the last time UCLA played in the Rose Bowl? <laughs> not for not for regular season game. In the actual Rose Bowl. <laughs> I think it was 1998. Get the year of Rose and the year tattooed Here, on it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm still a UCLA fan, but I'm not a UCLA sicko the way I used to be. So I want nothing UCLA related. I kind of want something Pac-12 related. You know what I was a thinking rose about? Would be, a Rose would be UCLA related, like regardless, just because they play in the Rose Bowl every week. <laughs> if you I, can avoid uh, it. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. A Rose would be good. You know, I also thinking like... I think it'd be cool to do something like Pac-12 related, but not like the fucking logo or something. But like, I was thinking about like the the uh, the map, like just the geographic states that the Pac-12. Oh, that in. could be cool. I think that'd be could be, could be you fun. You want the state of Utah tattooed on you? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Now when you say it like that, uh, sounds not great. <laughs> but you know, as a collection, maybe what I'll do is uh, not draw state lines. Just just like one big blob that encompasses all the states. Or way, like you, you could do. Like, if you connected all the cities together with lines, just do, like, the points and the lines. Oh, that's pretty cool. That could what, be cool. What? Because that's, like, subtle. Would do this. Yeah, But yeah. also, like, you, <laughs> you're going to get it of, like, the current Pac-12, even though UCLA and USC are leaving in a year? Yeah, well, okay, so it's almost because, because they are leaving, it's, like, commemorating something that's mm. dead now. You know what I mean? Like You, you should can't... get it on your ribs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, between uh, on, on your chest or on your neck, 
and then a portrait of my so i'm gonna actually get a portrait of my wife and then the pac-12 geographic footprint <laughs> just get tattooed on her face the pac-12 logos on <laughs> on her various upper body <laughs> What, which, uh, which 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 one logo? goes on the chest? Which yeah. one goes on the boob? <laughs> yeah, would you do UCLA right there? Uh, <laughs> um, it'd have to be one that like I feel like it should be Utah because they'd be the most offended by that. <laughs> they'd be scandalized, like why are we on the boob? But yeah. uh, anyway, <laughs> this is this is uh, no truck stops a tattoo pad, uh, podcast. Anyway, uh, we are going to talk about Pac-12 basketball. UCLA's brilliant homestand happened. Arizona had a jarring loss to Oregon. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Arizona State. We'll look ahead to a massive weekend in the Pac-12, which features the LA schools traveling to play the Arizona schools, which I think are the four best teams in the Pac-12 at this point. So that will be a lot of fun. We will learn a lot. But first, we are starting with a plea, uh, not about giving us five stars on Apple or Spotify, although you should do that. Uh, no, instead, we're asking for something different. Uh, we're asking uh, for your We're feedback. asking for you to give me a job. <laughs> yes I'm give just avery a job if you've got connections avery uh would, would you what would you say entry level uh ent- would you say entry level work of any kind yeah i don't know i don't want to like give too much of my personal information away <laughs> <laughs> yeah good point yeah someone's gonna reach out and be like oh yeah how about you give me your fucking entire resume uh, and they're just using it to dox you uh anyway. yeah uh, no, we're not asking you to give Avery a job, although if you have leads, send them to <laughs> notruckstopspodcast at gmail.com, I guess, or DM us on Twitter. That'd be very funny. Uh, but what we're actually asking for is your feedback. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about our content, our stuff on Patreon, our main episodes, and we really want to hear from y'all about your thoughts on the show. So we actually put together a short two-minute survey asking you a few questions. We promise you it's quick and easy. It, we designed it to be two minutes or less. Uh, so whether you love the show as is you wish it could be better. You absolutely fucking hate listening to us, but you do it every week. We are thirsting for your voice. So to get to the survey, go to tinyurl.com slash no truck stops feedback, all lowercase, all one word. We could really use your voice to help shape no truck stops. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash no truck stops feedback. Uh, also, yeah, please leave us five stars on Apple and Spotify. That's always there. Uh, last thing, programming note, as always, we have a healthy amount of Pac-12 football content coming up on Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. We uh, talked about Dan Lanning's absolutely insane tattoo in depth on there, piece by piece. Uh, that came out last week. We recapped some, recapped some news in the Pac-12, including some scheduling stuff, other transfer stuff. Uh, and then Reed and Matt are doing a post-mortem review series on every Pac-12 team. They've got a short 30-minute one already up on Colorado. Uh, that happened last Thursday. This Thursday, they're dropping another. This time, I think they'll be talking about Arizona State. So if you want all that, if you're a football sicko and you want football content, you're like, why are these dorks talking about basketball? Uh, go check out NoTruckStops.com. That's where we have all of our football content. How do they decide the order? In which they're releasing they went, them. I think reverse, like reverse in the standings. So like the shittiest teams go first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna get a nice deep dive into each team. Um, and now that Colorado and ASU, I feel like Colorado and ASU, it's like it might be boring because they're bad, but also they got new coaching staffs. So you can kind of talk. Yeah, there's about a the lot to talk staffs. about. Yeah. Uh, the one that's gonna be really boring is Cal. <laughs> like they didn't make any moves. They uh, they are standing pat. They just got like an offensive coordinator and that's it so we're really good at advertising this <laughs> yeah maybe skip the cal one it's fine we'll have other <laughs> we'll have other pac-12 football episodes anyway let's move on uh we had actual pac-12 basketball games so we should talk about that uh first let's start with a recap of all that went down in the league this week i'll get us going here uh first up the mountain schools visited the la schools uh grapes do you have a guess how many games do you think the mountain schools won here well i know i know they lost because all of them, because USC and UCLA both swept. That is right. Zero games. They won zero games. USC and UCLA swept. Uh, both Colorado and Utah. Utah lost both games by double digits uh, with Brandon Carlson sitting out against UCLA while Colorado nearly escaped Galen with a win over USC, but ultimately fell to the Trojans 68-61. Uh, the Buffs had UCLA on the ropes in Pauly for the first half. Uh, they were up pretty big on the Bruins before losing that game by double digits behind a big second half from UCLA. They lost, uh, UCLA ended up prevailing 68 to 54. Meanwhile, the Arizona schools visited the Oregon schools. Arizona State 
kept up its winning ways, beating the shit out of Oregon uh, before needing every single second to put away Oregon State. But nonetheless, uh, the Devils get another road sweep and continue with their best start to Pac-12 play in 40 years. 40 years they've never had a, a, a as good of a record to start as they do now. So that that's great for them. Uh, things did not go as swimmingly for their rivals, though. Arizona did beat Oregon State. Bit of a sloppy game, uh, but ended up blowing them out somewhat comfortably. And then were blown out blown out by Oregon on Saturday night, 87 to 68. Uh, important to note that here that Oregon has another weekend of insane freak Frankenstein games. Uh, but the talents there, maybe the metrics are catching up, but who knows? And lastly, super snooze fest here. Uh, the Bay area schools visited the Washington schools. Wazoo got a home state a home sweep. Thanks to a beatdown of Cal. Uh, and uh, they also escaped a pesky Stanford team. Meanwhile, Washington also swept the Bay area schools beating Stanford without any real worry while needing overtime to overcome a Cal team that is somehow still playing pretty hard despite being a horrendous ass. Okay, so that is uh, everything that happened in the Pac-12 this weekend. Let's start by talking about UCLA uh, sweeping the mountain schools. They handled business against Colorado and Utah. They did get to play a Utah team with by, out without by far its best player in Brandon Carlson. Uh, but they throttled Utah as they should have. They followed that up with a really fun win over Colorado. The Buffs pinned UCLA's backs to the wall early on with hounding defense, but UCLA eventually finally found its rhythm offensively and turned up the temperature on its own defense to secure a 14-point win against the Buffs. So UCLA now moves to 7-0 and in the Pac-12. They have now won 13 in a row. Now, full disclosure, Avery did not, uh, could not watch any of the basketball games. Instead, what we thought we would do is, uh, given that Avery did not watch any of the basketball games, what I thought we could do is, Avery, you can ask just a bunch of questions as uh, to me, someone who did watch these games, and uh, try to get a sense of your thoughts on these. Yeah, I guess my first question about UCLA is, like, are you personally ready to say that UCLA is the best team in the conference? That considering how they looked and how Arizona has looked the last month, like, can you confidently say there is a gap there that Arizona will not close oh that last one so i would say right now they are definitively the best team of the pac-12 uh that there is i think it's really hard to argue otherwise the metrics confirm and validate that but also just watching these games it's like ucla is suffocating teams and beating them handily with some brutally efficient offense and forcing a turn of ton turn ton of turnovers um, they have been very consistent on defense. This is the most consistent I have ever seen them under the Mick Cronin era. This is like, they are just suffocating teams night in, night out. Uh, they are the last time they allowed a team to score, uh, more than one point per possession was the Washington state game, uh, that they should have lost back in 2022, December 30th. Um, and then before that, it was, uh, God, I'm going back here. It was their loss to Baylor. Um, and uh, that they allowed uh, 80 points on 69 possessions. So only two times since November 20th has UCLA's defense allowed any sort of efficiency from opposing offenses. And offensively, eh, kind of a struggle, a little bit of a struggle in both of these games, I think, although these are two very good defenses in Utah and Colorado. Um, but they're still able to get one point per possession. So I, to your point, uh, to your question here, I do think, and Arizona's defense we saw fell off a cliff. Uh, I do think they're the best team in the Pac-12 right now, pretty solidly. I think they're a tier above Arizona. Arizona could close it, though. Uh, I, I, like, I don't think, and we can get to Arizona later, but I, I don't necessarily think it's like, yeah, UCLA's running away with this, this thing necessarily. We'll find out next week. But I'm, I'm of the opinion that they're a tier above. That could change but I feel confident that they'll probably finish a tier above everyone else. So obviously these two games like were pretty convincing, um, but Brandon Carlson didn't play for Utah and that's like a very big hit. Are there any weaknesses that UCLA showed in these games that someone who didn't watch the games wouldn't know about? Yeah, I think uh touched on it. It's, it's offense. It's it's their offense, which is kind of surprising because UCLA's offense has been really good uh, for, I don't know, uh, the entirety of the Mick Cronin era. In fact, this is the first year, I think. I'm going to confirm this. Um, let's see. Yep, this is the first year through at least this part of the season 
that their defense has been ahead of their offense. Um, UCLA's offense has been brutally efficient for a long, long time. It is much more so now, but in a way, uh, it's, it's not much more efficient now. It's it's less efficient now, but it's almost a bit more fun to watch because they get a lot of ball movement. Um, they don't have a, the big weakness that I think we saw with both Utah and Colorado is UCLA does not have a lot of guys who can just like score in isolation situations where it's like, yeah, okay, your uh, your initial plan didn't work out. Uh, your initial set didn't work. Colorado, Utah break stuff, and it's like, okay, we're going to dump it off to Jaime Hawkes and hope that he gets it to work. Um, now, a dem ball, a dem ball, a dem bona, um, the center is able to actually start doing some stuff. He has improved dramatically, both as um, an offensive creator uh, of his own shots, but also as a defender. Um, so it's nice to see him there, but the problem is that right now, I don't know that you can trust anyone except Jaime Hawkes to consistently say, yeah, dude, here, the, the offense is broken. You're just going to have to go get a shot one-on-one against someone. He can do that. Um, but he's also playing a ton of minutes. He's being asked to do a lot offensively. He's doing asked to do a fair amount defensively. So if I were to say that there was a weakness, it's like from last year, UCLA, um, loses out on Johnny Juzang. Lo- uh, they, they, lose Johnny Juzang, they lose Jules Bernard. And those two players were kind of players that you could say, all right, we've got nothing going on. Like let Johnny Juzang try to create his own shot from the mid range somehow. And wasn't always efficient doing it, but you could sort of rely on him to do it. Um, this year they're relying on ball movement, trying to get better shots. They're not as good at it as Arizona is. Frankly, they didn't get a ton of great looks in my opinion, in that first half against Colorado. Um, they started taking some things off. And I think a lot of that had to do with the Dembona. Uh, I have many thoughts about a Dembona not playing with two fouls uh, early in that first half. It was like, you know, Mick Cronin is like, yeah, if you get two fouls in the first half, I'm just going to sit you for the entirety of the second half, regardless of the context. Desperately think, uh, I, I think UCLA desperately needed to play a Dembona. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the big thing is that they don't have any, they don't have shot makers. And I know that there are people who are like, well, you don't need shot makers if you got good ball movement. You do if the defenses are this good and are going to disrupt ball movement. So that's what I'd say is their biggest weakness right now. Do you think there would have been a different outcome in the Utah game if Brandon Carlson was playing? <sighs> I think UCLA would have won. Uh, their defense was so uh, tenacious. It has been for, honestly, consistently, the vast majority of the past month, if not longer than that. Um I do think, though, that uh, Utah's offense collapses when Brandon Carlson isn't in there. Um, Utah has absolutely nothing to fall back on if Brandon Carlson isn't there getting looks in the post, uh, isn't stretching the floor with his shooting, uh, isn't using his size to get better looks, isn't a role man. Like He does a ton for them offensively. If he's not in the game, I, I don't know what you and, – and Utah never really had much of a chance against UCLA. You watch that game, and they were kind of within 10 points for a good chunk. And it was like – but they were hanging on by a thread. Like you just sort of knew that that was going to fall apart. It was not sustainable, the kinds of stuff that they were getting. It just felt like they were hanging on uh, by by a single breath. So, yeah, I, I think that it would have been different in that the game might have been a little bit more competitive. In the end, it was a, what, a 19-point victory. I'd say that probably UCLA might have won by, like, 8 or 9, probably even 10. Um, but Brandon Carlson's good for more than just, like, you know, a few points here or there. I think he mattered a lot. They missed him a lot. And, you know, uh, the result was when he came back to play against USC, a much more competitive game. Uh, Brandon Carlson had, what, 21 points off of 12 shots uh, to go along with nine rebounds, three assists, three blocks, a steal. Uh, he was uh, the he's Ken Palm's MVP for that game. Uh, that it would have been a more competitive game. Still think UCLA would have won. Might have even won somewhat comfortably. I do think it would have been more competitive. I think the biggest difference between this year Utah and last year's Utah team is Brandon Carlson's health. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, and ironically, he missed the UCLA game because he was sick. Right? I mean, yeah. Although I have my conspiracy theories. I kind of, I was like, did Craig Smith rest Brandon Carlson to try to get him good and right against USC because he did not think that Utah could beat UCLA? Because he also didn't play Wilkins exact Jr. a lot, didn't play um, Kebakeda a lot against UCLA. Kind of doesn't do that generally, but I, I don't know. I'm just sort of like 
seems weird that he didn't play your your most athletic guys against maybe the most talented team in the Pac-12. I don't anyway. know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, UCLA uh, is coming into its own right now. I feel like Adembona is. Uh, he's uh, we we talked about this uh, early on. Is that UCLA's center rotation is very thin and it was always tenuous and it was always precarious having to rely on the development of a Dembona uh, to like carry them on the interior that did not uh, that did not happen early on but he's grown up now he got like a ton of blocks I, I think it was uh, let me look back at the stats here I think it might have been like three or four blocks it was absurd watching a Dembona in that game like he is he's grown up so much in the past couple of weeks we f- you figured he would. He's like, you know, you get an 18-year-old kid in there, and it's like, it doesn't really matter uh, how talented they are. Like, expecting any 18-year-old kid to come into the college game and immediately dominate is uh, probably a little bit unfair. He had three blocks um, and a steal in the game against Colorado, just blocking everything. Uh, KJ Simpson in particular, buddy, I felt bad for that dude. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch any of the highlights, but like, KJ Simpson got blocked four times in that game. Um, and he's supposed to be one of the p- player of the year dark horses here. Um, and oh, yeah. he is, uh, but, um, but man, the UCLA humiliated him. It was, it was, uh, not good to watch for a Colorado fan. So anyway, I'm, that's the thing that makes UCLA scarier than they ever have been is the development of a uh, and, and him becoming a good defender, knowing where he has to be defensively, uh, making good decisions offensively, not fouling every single time he contests. It's uh, it's it's important. It's critical. And people should be scared of UCLA if a Dembona is going to keep playing like this. I don't think I have any more questions about UCLA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's move on then to talk about Arizona. Uh, the other alleged top Pac-12 team cannot be confirmed. Arizona beat Oregon State um, Thursday night, but fell to Oregon in Eugene on Saturday, 87-68. Oregon got up early in this one and never relented. Uh, Arizona's offense looked all out of sorts. Uh, they shot 37.5% from the floor to the Ducks, 53.1%. I don't know if you got to even check the highlights of this game, but Oregon got highlight play after highlight play, fucking manhandling Arizona. Uh, it was actually a, a fun game to watch just from the the perspective of like, wow, uh, Oregon is doing some silly stuff right now to Arizona. But uh I don't know what what questions do you have having not watched uh, these games. I guess my like the biggest question about Arizona in general is what the actual fuck is going on with them. Like it's been like since the Utah game back in December, so basically a month I would say that they've been struggling against any team that has a pulse. Like I, going into this, didn't we all predict Arizona to lose this game? I don't know, or at least we talked about it as being like a, an upset that's easy to pick. Like, it felt like it was very possible. Um, and I don't know. Is there, like, do they have any hope to figure this out? Or, like, what is going on with them? Yeah, I think um, uh, Greg mentioned this, I think, last week. Um, Utah kind of gave teams a template for how you beat Arizona, um, especially in the Pac-12, when Pac-12 teams are kind of paying attention to those things. Uh which is like you try to neutralize their bigs by trying to stretch them out, take them out of the game, and dare Arizona's guards to to beat you. And Arizona's guards are horrendous right now. They are not playing well. Kirk Risa has been a fucking pumpkin. Uh, he has been he's been horrible for about I don't know a month. I think you mentioned it last week, where it's like for for a few weeks now. It's like he has not been good. He's fallen off a cliff. He had a really you know great start to the season. That means he's going to fucking score 40 points this Saturday against UCLA. You think so? That's what that means. <laughs> okay. All Can't right. Is you that feel your... it coming? Uh, all right. All right. It sounds like, it sounds like you have a bad, bad vibes pick coming no. when we get to our predictions. I don't know. That just seems like the most um, fucking Kirk Risa thing to happen. He's, yeah. he's the Jaden Delora. <laughs> Except, except he doesn't. He has not alternated good games with bad games. That's, That's true. the problem. This year, it's been like he had a really strong well, start, but yeah. and then has fallen off like completely. Like just l- last off. year, it was like the end of last season where it was almost every game he was like going off randomly. Yeah, yeah. This year, it's just like long stretch of being top tier shit, and then a long stretch of being 
horrendous. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to look back at where the slide started. I mean, I don't know. If we look back it's since like right their, after Christmas. Yeah, even since the Indiana game, which happened, when was this? Uh, December 10th, since then, from December 10th to January 14th, Kirk Kreesa has shot 31% from the field. 31, that's horrible um he has 4.4 assists during that stretch to just to three and a half turnovers that's a terrible assist to turnover rate if you're a point guard for this team um he's been terrible he's he's been absolutely he's he's not shooting well right now he's not making good decisions he had three turnovers to five assists no four assists against oregon he had five turnovers against oregon state in both of those games, uh, shot well below 40% from the field, went 4 for 11 against Oregon State and 2 for 10 um, against uh, against Oregon and got completely neutralized, like not neutralized, he got exploited defensively, got murdered by Infale Dante in like the opening minute or two of the, <laughs> of the Oregon-Arizona game. So I think that, I, I think teams have le- are learning that like, yeah, let's just uh, take out Azulis Tabellis or in the case of Washington State, let Azulis do Bellas beat us and then dare anyone else to try to help contribute. Um, and that's it. Umar Balo, not it's, it's like super quiet now. He went from Pac-12 player of the year, dark horse, top three, four, five player, to falling all the way down to like, I don't know, number 10 in most metrics. He's He's gone completely silent. Uh, can't really rely on some of those other guys that we don't really get to talk about much. Courtney Ramey, Cedric Henderson, like those dudes. Um did not don't get much run and we don't really talk about them very much because they're not like super important players but now they kind of have to be they're being thrust into this role where it's like yeah they have to step up and they don't really uh they're not really there courtney ramey is shooting just 38 percent from the floor um and uh cedric henderson shooting okay i guess but he's not really getting a ton of run the one player that i think is deserving of some real criticism has been pella larson uh Kirk Kreesa is a little like you know he's he's not like super talented I mean he's smart he's got uh allegedly he's got some good vision I think we've seen it sometimes in spurts but like Pella Larson has done nothing the past few weeks uh he has <laughs> against Oregon took two shots four points That's crazy yeah you like when Errors, when Oregon is neutralizing Omar Balo and Azulis Tabellis like that, for Pella Larson to take two shots that entire game, not good. Only got four rebounds. He's typically like a pretty good rebounder. Four rebounds is well below what he's capable of. Um, the game before that against Oregon State took only five shots, nine points, seven rebounds, I guess. But he has also sne- been sneaky silent. Um, he's. I think a lot of criticism is uh, slipping past him, but he has been someone who it's like, we always talk about like you know he's very talented he's very long he's athletic like he can do a bunch of stuff but he's never been able to put it together and we're having another season of Pella Larson kind of sucking uh he was the lowest he had a team low 64 offensive rating meaning uh when he was in there Arizona was just scoring 6.4 points per possession or 0.64 points per possession which is very very bad so um, I don't know. Lots of blame to go around. I think a lot of it has to do with their um, their guard play, their wing play. Pretty much anyone that's not Julius Tabellis and Marbalo, because those dudes are getting hounded right now. They shot a combined ten for twenty six, or ten for twenty three, which is not good at all. Um, so I don't know. They they've got a lot of soul searching to do. The guards have to step up and play, or they've got to figure out better ways to get the bigs into into some better situations. Are we worried about Arizona's future? Like they're they're basically locks for the tournament, right? Like there's not a world where they can play their way out of it. I don't think so. <laughs> so here's here's Arizona's schedule. Uh they get USC and UCLA. That's a tough stretch. Uh, yeah. those are two that's the number 4 team in the Pac-12 and the number 1 team in the Pac-12. Um they get to host them, but that's what they get next. They follow that up by playing in Washington against Washington State, who beat them already earlier, and against Washington, who damn near beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> they got a brutal stretch coming up, and then they have to play Oregon again uh, the week right after that. That could so be they five have this, losses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, USC, UCLA, Washington State, well, Washington, Oregon. 
Yeah, uh, that would be, so that's five straight games. One of those games, I think, is one they should absolutely win, which is Washington. Um, The rest are just like, the way Arizona's playing right now, I don't feel comfortable picking them in any, I I probably will pick them against USC. I probably may pick them against Washington State. I might pick them against Oregon. But like, man, I also would not be shocked if they went one and four in that stretch, which um, if they do, we're having a, very scary conversation about Arizona and I don't know that they can what would that put them at? That would put them at They're 16 15 and 3 right now. So, so that would put them, put them at 16, 16 and, and 7. 7. Yeah, and then the schedule softens up a little bit. So I I don't think I don't think there's a world in which they play themselves out of the tournament. But I uh I I do think yeah, I, I I do think that they are going to have a a pretty rough stretch here and maybe play themselves out of a top three seed in the tournament, uh, in the NCAA tournament. I maybe even kind of drop all the way down to six. Like I think that is entirely possible. So, do you think they have a shot at beating UCLA this week? Like, what would they need to do to beat UCLA? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because I uh, while I think a Dembona has been awesome, and while I think that is what is required for UCLA in order to beat Arizona, whether they're good or not. I also just think Arizona has a lot of size. Do they have anyone else who can stop Omar Balo and Azula Sabellas? I think they do. Um, Washington State and Oregon, I think, are bigger teams. They have taller guys. But UCLA loves to crowd guys. I, I think I think what Arizona needs is they need to get back to playing up-tempo because they have been slowed the hell down, all the way down, by... A, a ton of these teams. Uh, they were slowed down by Washington State. They were slowed down a little bit by Oregon and Oregon State, uh, by Washington, by Arizona State. Like they got to get this. They got to get the number of possessions back up and try to play a track meet. UCLA has been good at that, but um, UCLA has also been pressing a lot, which means they're trying to speed teams up. And Arizona might be comfortable with it. I don't think there's no way that Arizona can beat UCLA. Per Ken Palm, they have a 40% shot of beating UCLA. But the way Arizona's playing right now, it's it's scary hours. Um, I don't know. Like, Kirk is going to get exploited defensively. Um, can you trust him? Like, he's got to hit something. Pella Larson has to be aggressive. Um, he, he's he's going to have to guard Jaime Hawkes, um <laughs> like his life depends on it. Because uh, Azulis Tavellas can't be trusted to do that i don't like him as a defender i think he'd be exploited also so i think in order to do that you've got to hope that uh you pick up the pace and i think you've got to hope that kirk Risa starts hitting some shots and you got to hope that pella larson is more aggressive offensively those are the those are the players that they desperately need umar uh sorry kirk Risa and pella larson they desperately need those two guys to like improve because they haven't been and it's yeah. it's hurting them we haven't seen it in a month too, so I feel like there's no reason to believe that it's going to happen this week. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> there sometimes I think Arizona has something in them, and I don't know. We're at a we're at an inflection point where Arizona could start to crumble, or they could like find something in themselves, dig deep, and go on a run. Um, the good thing is, is that. Arizona gets to try to right the ship against USC before they have to play UCLA. So there's a good opportunity to be like, as like a bit of a tune-up game. USC is a hard tune-up game though. Like USC has been playing really well. Um, They are making a run at a tournament bid at this point. And so I, I, it'll be a good test for them before UCLA, but then they've got to do it again against UCLA. So I don't know. I don't know. I I'm not sure what needs to change. I'm not sure if it's just a matter of Tommy Lloyd Tommy Lloyd telling his guards they've got to play better, or if it's like a talent thing and those guys aren't capable of doing it. It's it's scary hours if you're an Arizona fan. I will say this about Arizona: we, I think our infl- our expectations of them got inflated because they started off so strong. Because they started off 14 and one, they were beating their shit out of some pretty decent teams. They beat Tennessee. That game was at home, but they did beat Tennessee, which is number two in Kempom right now. Um, I, but I think that losing Ben Matherin and losing um, Coloco, Dalen, Dalen Terry, and Christian Coloco is starting to weigh on them. Like you don't lose three NBA talents and then like just pick up and dominate as you were before. So I think we're seeing some growing pains without them. I'm. This is what we expected them preseason. The problem is that they're getting worse, not better. Like if they had lost to San Diego State and lost to Indiana, lost to Tennessee, and then 
started rattling off some wins and they kind of go through conference play, I think we'd feel better about like, okay, maybe this team isn't like national title contending, but like they're, they're a good team and they're going to be a problem. It sort of feels like it's going in reverse. It started like looking like they were going to be a juggernaut. And then it's like, wait a second, this team is not what we were expecting. So yeah, the, the expectations got a little inflated from their really, really, really fast start. I'm excited to watch them play UCLA. It's going to be fun again. I yeah. always enjoy those games. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be in the McHale Center. It's going to be crazy. I need to go to the McHale Center to watch a basketball game because <laughs> it seems like the most fun environment. Arizona, yeah. Tucson goes crazy for Arizona basketball. It's it's nuts. Even on Twitter, like you can feel it. It's like no one gave a shit. Like I feel like there were so few Arizona football fans in my mentions talking ever. Yeah. But Arizona basketball? Oh yeah. If I talk shit about them, I've got like five people telling me I'm a moron. I I went to Arizona. I went to Tucson in twenty twenty one for the Utah Arizona football game. And it was in November, so it was right at the beginning of basketball season when they have like their what is it called? Like they invite some random college in to play them. Mm. Like their showcase games or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exhibitions. And so, yeah, exhibitions. I almost went, but I was like, I don't really want to watch them watch play Prairie, whatever the fuck, University of <laughs> Texas. I don't know who they're playing. But like they had, their fans were fucking ready. Like they were waiting outside the McHale Center like two hours before tip off. Like they were so amped. And I'm like, good for you. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're going to get something similar. I will. Uh, so Arizona has the best environment. I will say, watching the UCLA-Colorado game where UCLA uh, fell behind and then had to turn it up with some some insane defense and uh, finally got some shots to fall, during that stretch where they were clawing back and then took a lead on Colorado, is just on TV is like the loudest it's ever sounded on TV. Like, that was not a super full stadium. It was like a uh, full arena. It was like, but it was fairly full. Like it was like, I don't know, 80, 85% capacity, but holy shit. Poly Pavilion was super loud. Um, the loudest I've heard come through on TV in a very long time. Like, I feel like people are starting to like really care about UCLA basketball right now. Um, so not as good as the McHale center though, but I think we're going to get to awesome environments when those two play each other they'll they end the season playing each other which is how it should be um so that'll be it'll be fun uh oregon by the way they uh we should talk about them a little bit they split yet another weekend uh i'm 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 sort of like trying to figure out if this is like bad vibes shit from the ducks where they just have Arizona's number. They're eight and one against Arizona over the last nine games. And so I'm trying to figure out if Oregon is turning a corner here or if they, or if it's just a function of having Arizona's number. I'm, I don't know. I go back and forth with that, but uh, I'm, I'm curious what you, what questions you had about Oregon having sort of been out of the loop with them. That's funny because my biggest question is that it seems like Oregon is the most confusing team in the PAC 12. Is this true? <laughs> So oh my god it back to you yeah oh my god well it, for a while we thought it was colorado and colorado's kind of settled into like kind of doing some shit that we expect of them um, i am confused how anyone could lose to cal but since stanford has also <laughs> lost to cal like i've just decided cal wants to make everyone angry and that's why cal is good again uh yeah they were competitive against uh washington almost took them down and uh in overtime made, I, yeah, uh, pretty crazy. I'm. Uh, I think they are the most confusing team. I mean, here's here's what their last I don't know uh, four weeks have looked like. December twentieth, dating back all the way then, uh, they lost Utah Valley after winning three straight against a good Nevada team. Uh, uh, whatever, like middling UC Riverside and Portland teams, lost to Utah Valley, which is itself not very good. Uh, then on December thirty first, they handle Oregon State somewhat handily. They get their asses beat, like destroyed by Colorado. Just 68 to 41 was the score, and it was never even close. They scored 41 points in that game. That's fucking absurd. Um, and then two days later, uh, they play Utah, beat the shit out of Utah. Uh, it was 70 to 60, but honestly, the score was, uh, it was a much more convincing one than the score indicates. Uh, and then when they go to the, when they host the Arizona schools, get their fucking asses kicked by Arizona State, they're 90 to 73. In a game that uh, Arizona State had from the jump, they were up 28 to 14 in the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of this game. 
Um, and then they go and beat the shit out of uh, Arizona. Like, makes no sense what is going on with them. I will say that, like, watching them against Arizona, I'm like, man, this team, like, should be good. I don't know if they're turning a corner, corner but, like, Nfale Dante is awesome. He's, like, uh, a really athletic big guy who uh, can who just towers over everyone and he moves really well will richardson spotty shooter sometimes and he can disappear we know that um but you know when he's going he's still like a pretty good defender still a pretty good distributor um uh who's the other guy oh the other big guy kalel Ware. uh he had a couple of moments in this game where it was like oh man this guy looks like an insane talent Quincy Guerrier, Kishan Bartholomew, who's finally healthy. Jermaine Kusnard, um, who was hurt for a while, but is now back, is playing big minutes. He had 27 points. Maybe this is just a function of like guys getting healthy. I don't know. I'm 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 ugh. they are getting guys back. They're they're so much this is the healthiest that Oregon has been, uh, with Keyshawn Bartholomew and Jermaine Kusnard back. Um Folly Dante was out for a little bit, but he's been back for a while now. Those dudes uh, coming back and being healthy, I think, is going to matter a lot. Um, so I don't know. I'm. It's it's a Oregon's a weird team. I tend to think that they're just going to be a Frankenstein team, inconsistent all year. But I'm also in the back of my head is like maybe they just needed some time to get healthy. Maybe they found their lineups. Maybe they found a rhythm now that they're just going to have a consistent group of guys who they're going to go into battle with and they know that who they're going to play. So I don't know. I'm yeah, I guess they are the most confusing team. Cause I can't even fucking answer this question about whether they're confusing or not. Well, are they playing just like an ultra talented? They're playing like an ultra town talented basketball team that isn't coached. Well, like, is that how they're playing? <sighs> they have like quintessential Dana Altman stuff. Like they do press, um, where they're just trying to speed you up and trying to doing a full court press. How much? Still, how much coaching? How much coaching does doing a full court press require? So? I mean, I mean, I feel like they you just mostly it, tell right? them to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there <laughs> there is a little bit about how you how, like you know okay. ways to not get beat. Because here's the thing: like, I mean, obviously not to uh, not to just explain the most mundane parts of basketball, but you know, full court presses are risky. Like, you get beat, and then suddenly you're giving away a fast break. Uh, a fast break opportunity with like without numbers and Oregon has traditionally done a good job of that. I don't know that they've done as good of a job at that this year. I will say against Arizona, they did an awesome job of that uh, against the cats. Um, So I don't know. I, I, I guess they, they so much of it too was their athleticism. It's hard to say. I, I think they are not well coached right now. I think it's a lot of it is uh, getting stuff off sort of off schedule i guess you could say um but there's also things about them that are just quintessential dana altman teams that they have been doing for a very long time and that this team is maybe learning how to do it's hard to say i i don't know if dana altman's like lost it or not i'm i'm not sure um i do think there's a real conversation to be had there because like with all the injuries like at, at the very least like he's got some continuity here and will richardson has not really developed all that well and folly dante is not as consistent as I think uh, he could be, but I don't know. That's a good question. I'm I'm like at a loss for words when it comes to Oregon. Are we worried about Dana Altman or is like the loss to ASU not that bad because ASU might be genuinely good? <laughs> I don't know. That's the weird <laughs> thing is like, is Arizona State good? I guess they are. Like they have won now four in a row. Um, two of those are against pretty good teams in Oregon and Washington State. They played Arizona pretty tough on New Year's Eve. Um, I I don't know. I I guess we can excuse uh, some of these games for for Oregon and Dana Altman, but I think with the continuity that they bring back, um, I don't know that we can adequately say that Dana Altman has done a good job with this group given what he's had. I, I think last year ending the way that it did uh where oregon fans were like all right here it comes like here's our february stretch where we're gonna dominate the the pac-12 and run to another pac-12 title um that did not happen last year 
Uh, and this year it sort of hasn't quite happened yet, but we're at the point right now where Oregon typically figures it out. So uh, they will play the Bay Area schools, and they will certainly get a sweep there. I don't care if it's uh, it's on the road. They will probably get a sweep. Then they get Colorado and Utah. They get a chance to avenge their beatdown loss to Colorado. Um, they'll get a chance to beat Utah pretty handily again. Then they'll get Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA. They will have opportunities to prove that they're like good again. They'll have a really rough stretch there in the middle. And if they go, I don't know, after Kyle and Stanford, they go against Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, USC, US, UCLA. If they go four and two in that stretch, that's, I don't know, maybe they are back. Um, so I'm so confused by Oregon. I'm like saying a lot of, I don't know, maybe, but I can't, I'm not ready. I like, I can't, I want to construct a hot take, but like, then I have evidence. There's like good evidence to say otherwise. Like I could be like, yeah, Dana Allman's fraudulent, uh, but they just beat the shit out of Arizona, like humiliated them. Um, I could say, no, no, Dana Allman's like, he's got his guys right on track. And I'm like, but they didn't get on track last year. And also... <laughs> They, uh, they've been a fucking zombie team all year. So I don't, um, I don't know. I'm, this is, this is like right here, this stretch here between now and February 11th after they play UCLA, that is going to be the stretch that tells us a lot about Dana Altman. I think, um, if he can still do this, cause he's been at it for a while. Maybe he's just losing his touch. Maybe he's getting tired. I don't know. Um, typically coaches also, you know, it's not like they're just like players and that they can do this pretty well for a limited number number of years. So we'll find out. It makes it interesting though, because I feel like it was so, it's like so obvious that UCLA and um, Arizona are going to make the tournament. And so it's like the rest of the conference was so like, meh, I don't know. It might just be two teams in the tournament this year. And obviously like ASU is looking really good and USC is looking better. But like, I feel like Oregon just adds that extra like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they could fuck shit up. Yeah, they could fuck shit up. Uh, that's the thing is what you always worry about. Like, are they going to just like be good against the good teams and lose to the bad ones? Not even get us an extra tournament bit out of it. Like <laughs> that would suck right now. I would say the PAC 12 has two locks for t- the tournament. That's UCLA and Arizona. I think those are as long as neither of them just completely collapse, like totally just like, a bonkers ass collapse as long as that doesn't happen they're in then it's like arizona state usc and utah and maybe washington state we'll get to that later um and oregon is kind of in that conversation too you know and colorado might even be in there we're talking about we have one two three four five six different teams that have a have a bit of an opportunity some of them have an inside shot some of them have an outside shot if oregon's just gonna come in and beat arizona state and beat usc and beat washington state and beat colorado it's gonna be so fucking stupid um just to knock them out of the of, of any tournament contention it's gonna be silly but i don't know it's gonna be dumb It'll be annoying can't wait to find out Anyway, uh, so that's Oregon. That's Arizona. Lots of questions about both of those teams. We talked, but you're right. We did talk about this potentially being an upset spot for Arizona. So, okay, let's move on. I just had a quick question for you, actually. Knowing what you know about all of these teams, uh, we kind of didn't really get to talk about them very much. We could talk about them a little bit now. ASU uh, swept the Oregon school on the road. Um, They beat Oregon pretty handily, needed uh, needed every second to beat Oregon State, but ended up winning that game. USC, meanwhile, swept the Mountain Schools at home. Um, both teams, I think, had a convincing wear to pair with a, now, uh, a nail-biter in each of their um, weekend stands. And both teams are starting to surge up here a little bit. So I thought we could just compare those team troops, those two teams' trips. I'm curious to hear from you, Grapes. Like, given your perception of Arizona State, of uh, USC, of Washington, Washington State, the the mountain schools, like, who do you think had a better weekend? Who do you think had the better sweep, ASU or USC? I think it's USC because I believe that the pair of mountain teams is just better. Okay. Like, I think Colorado has, like, a much higher floor than Arizona, I mean, Oregon State does. It's just a better win. Colorado's like had some very, very low points this season, but they're not a bad team. Yeah, that's right. Whereas Oregon State's like second to last in Pac-12 rankings right now. Yeah. 
yeah. they haven't they haven't looked good better than last year but not good at all so i think that's just more impressive and beating utah utah's like a very solid team i know they got utah at home but they also had brandon carlson which makes a big difference so and i also just felt <laughs> i just haven't thought a lot like i haven't had high expectations for usc since the beginning of the season i feel like they started really slow and were very meh so i don't know yeah i think that's fair the mountain schools are definitely better than the oregon schools they're playing better basketball they have better records although oregon is uh super super talented probably more talented than both of those schools um so i think that's completely fair i uh arizona state though i think they did beat the shit out of a pretty talented Oregon team. You know, credit for that. Um, and, you know, they did need every second to beat Oregon State, but it was a road sweep. Having to play those teams on the road, I think, is, is tough. And getting a road sweep, period, is pretty tough. So, um, you know, they, they're impressive. They're having a good season, but USC, I think, did have the, the better weekend with the more convincing wins, right? Like, they did need every second to beat Colorado, but you mentioned Colorado's a pretty good team. So... Um, and, and, you know, Colorado's competitive that game and USC had to pull out a close one and they did. So I, I'm very curious to see where USC and Arizona state end up more. So USC, like they feel like they could be the fourth tournament team right now. Arizona state feels like they're getting in if the season ended today, in my opinion. Um, but USC is the one that maybe is a little bit on the outside looking in at the moment. I they get Arizona, Arizona state and UCLA in their next three games. So these next, what is that? Uh, 11 days are going to be massive for them. If they can get away from there with like going two and one, that would go a long way for, uh, for the Trojans. So, all right, well, that's a ASU and USC. We'll see where they go. They, uh, they, they get to play each other. In addition to, um, playing their counterparts, USC will play Arizona as well. And ASU will play UCLA. Those two games, I think, are happening on Thursday. So uh, if you are a Pac-12 basketball casual and you're like, I only want to tune in for, like, the big games, this is the weekend. Like, watch the shit that happens on Thursday and Saturday. Like, absolutely, like, set it. That's a appointment viewing. Like, definitely get that on your calendar. ASU, uh, UCLA, USC, Arizona on Thursday. And then on Saturday, just flip them. Uh, UCLA, Arizona, obviously. That game is going to be on ABC. Um, that game is going to get a ton of attention, especially if Arizona beats USC on Thursday. So, uh, so we'll find out. Okay. Uh, let's move on to an interesting topic that was brought up on Twitter from my homie, Kyle Kensing at Kyle Kensing. Wazoo is sitting at nine and 10 right now. Uh, but they've won four and five. They're starting to look healthy. The analytics love them a lot considering they're below 500. Uh, they're 64th in Kempom somewhere in the sixties in the net ranking, which is not horrible at all. And so to get an at-large bid into the tournament, they need to be somewhere in the 40s, I think. Um, There's still lots of time, lots of ball to play. So I wanted to ask you, uh, just to look, looking at Washington State's schedule on Kempom and the teams that they play, uh, assuming they need like 18 regular season wins to get into the bubble conversations, uh, the Cougs would have to finish 9-3 and right now and maybe win a Pac-12 tournament game or two. So... Look at Kempom on the schedule, and and I'm curious to hear from you: Is it feasible? Is it feasible that they go nine and three this upcoming um, stretch here, finish nine and three to start out the season, then and, and work their way into the bubble tournament? Okay, let's look at their schedule and see where the losses are coming from. I definitely think they're going to lose to UCLA. Okay, for sure. Okay. Um, I don't know. They already beat Arizona. Yeah, they could do it again. So I don't know if I should count that as a winner or a loss. And that's that's going to be in Pullman, too. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. They're favored to win that game in, in per Kempom. So like Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, and Oregon. Those five games mm-hmm. are the hardest on their schedule. Yeah. I think only losing three of those is very doable. Like yeah. I think they could beat Arizona again. I think they could beat USC um my only concern is <laughs> i feel like they are absolutely gonna drop another dumb game on you here. think so like yeah i don't know they're just they're not... starting to win they're starting to win their dumb games uh you know, Cal, this stanford is, this is great for my narratives because i'm never wrong i'm just really <laughs> i picked <laughs> i picked washington state as like my dark horse for the tournament in the pack 12 and 
they're dealing with injury and just like a genuinely slow start. And so they have kind of been on fire lately. So I don't know. Like they finished, they finished the season with Stanford, Cal and Washington, which are all winnable games. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So schedule, here's, here's the schedule. We'll go game by game. Utah. Think they'll beat Utah? Probably. In Salt Lake City? Maybe. I don't. Okay. I don't know okay. anything. Ma- ma- maybe. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado. They got to play Colorado and Boulder. Mm, uh, I think they could, but man, that's tough. They sweep the, the mountain schools. I think they're in pretty good position. Uh, that's, I think that's a big one because like they can afford some losses to good teams, but they have to beat some of these teams that they ostensibly might be better than. They got to beat Utah. They got to beat Colorado in them in both of those school and both of those schools uh, buildings. They get Arizona, Arizona State. If they split that, I think they'd be in good shape. They can, Then they got to play USC, UCLA in Los Angeles. If they split that, they'd be in pretty good shape. Did they already and, beat Washington? Uh, did they beat Washington? No, they have not paid, played Washington yet. Oh, they I think only played be, the one time. Oh, they yeah. finished the year. Right. Yeah, I, I, they, they'll beat Washington. I think they'll beat Oregon State. Oregon, uh, yes, I think they should, but who knows? Uh, I think they'll beat Stanford. I don't care. Stanford sucks. Uh, I think they'll beat Cal. I think they'll beat Washington. So I think it's very reasonable to say like they could go a nine and three. Now that requires them to have a level of consistency that you're alluding to that. Like it's been hard for them to have, but they're starting to have it. Like they have not had a dumb loss in a bit. They lost to Utah state, but Utah State's pretty good. They're forty sixth in Kempom, so maybe their dumb loss is actually Hawaii. And again, let's see how much of those, how many of their their players are missing there. Uh, yeah, they're they missed uh, uh Yakimovsky who's back. Uh, they missed uh someone else that I'm blanking on. They had two players out for that game, uh, and it was in Hawaii. So I don't know. I think it's completely feasible to think that they're just going to be consistent from here on out. They have some consistency now. They're shooting really well. They're shooting better than they ever have um, in the uh, Cal Smith era. So I Washington I, I State, totally I, need, I need a Cinderella. Please. <laughs> I feel like... is, that, is that your... Who, who do you think of... Do you think there's a Cinderella you'd root for between ASU, USC, UCLA, and Arizona? Um, I feel like most of those teams don't have the capacity to be a Cinderella team. ASU like, probably, but you hate yeah, ASU. Yeah, but I hate ASU. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bobby Hurley's annoying as hell. So, um, and I can say that because he's a white man. <laughs> um, I feel like Washington State just has like the ability to like have a fairy tale ending. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's mostly a bit, a bit vibe of an Oregon based. State. I mean, a bit of an Oregon State situation. Utah could do it. Utah could, but they've got to start winning some games. They do not. They look like they're they're on a bit of a downslide yeah. right now. Okay, well, we we think maybe Washington State, if you squint, look at nine and three to finish the season. Would they, I would say if they finish nine and three, that would be like they would raise some eyebrows. I think that'd um, be a very that's a very optimistic outlook. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. Um. All right, well, let's move on. Let's talk some shit about some teams in the Shame Shack or the Humiliation Hub or uh, got a new name that I came up with this week, the Disgrace Desk. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to come up with new names for this. Uh, whatever we're calling, we look around the league to look at the teams who were downright embarrassing over the past weekend. Any teams uh, just based on looking at the scores here that you want to call out? You know, I can't even remember um, who won and who lost. What was the yeah. most embarrassing loss this week, do you think? Um, it's well, it probably Washington almost losing to Cal in overtime, right? That's got to be like the most embarrassing thing that happened this week. That's pretty close, uh, especially they, after but they did they did sweep. I guess uh, I don't know. I think Stanford actually probably losing by what seventeen to UW is pretty embarrassing. Should we just put Stanford on the disgrace Heck, desk? Yeah, let's put Stanford on the disgrace desk or the uh, shame shack or whatever the fuck. All right, uh, we should move on here real quick. I got to get out of here. MVPs. Uh, I, I know that you didn't watch the game, so I'll pick an MVP. I'll say it was Jaime Jaquez. Jaime Jaquez had, uh, <laughs> had a moment against Colorado. He scored 23 points off of 11 for 23 shooting, uh, 13 rebounds, five blocks, four steals he was all over the place uh he had an insane game 
he blocked KJ Simpson like two times and uh, was looking like the best player in the Pac-12. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him my MVP. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to make some game predictions. All right, uh, game predictions time. I think Chad sent us an update on Wooden's weekly winner. Ted to the Rick won this week, going seven out of 12. Uh, the best picks were Briar having Arizona going one and one, and Ted's UW Briar going probably thought, two and out. Briar probably thought that UW was going to beat Arizona. Well, UW. Oh, uh, I mean, that's not what I meant. I got confused. Ignore me. Ignore me. <laughs> it's the right, Oregon right. State. That's what I meant. Is that who they played? Go. Yeah, the Oregon well, <laughs> I, had I don't a rough know. Week, yeah, they played. They I don't played remember the, what. I don't remember the what. <laughs> I don't think. I think Briar was like Oregon's going to beat Arizona, which I think is fair. Uh, all right, as we said, got a massive weekend this week with the LA schools visiting the Arizona schools. In my view, these are the four best teams in the Pac-12 right now, and they're all going to play each other. Fun times. So let's talk about those games. Uh, it all starts Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific. USC traveling to Tucson to take on Arizona on the Pac-12 network for some reason. Uh, the Cats are eight-point favorites over the Trojans on Camp Bomb. Who wins, who covers? I think that Arizona's going to win and cover for a few reasons. Uh, I'm still not convinced that USC is actually good. And also, it's at home. It's a pretty good point. So... I think, oh man, USC's super talented. They have a ton of length, but man, they've got... They're so hot and cold sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Arizona. I, I like Arizona's consistency over some poorly coached teams. Uh, so I'll pick them to win and I'll say cover. Okay, at 7:30 p.m. Uh, why are these games overlapping by? Who's any in charge time? of this? I don't know anything Stupid. about scheduling except that TV whoever networks. does this is bad, and they should hire us to be con- like a consulting firm <laughs> on which games should and shouldn't overlap. Pac-12 Network should have moved the USC uh, Arizona game to like 5:30 so that they're not overlapping. This is absurd. Anyway, they are going to overlap. So if there's an exciting finish, you're going to miss the start of UCLA Arizona State, which is a game for first place in the Pac-12. Uh, the Bruins are six-point favorites over Arizona State. This game is happening on FS1. Grapes who wins who covers? Uh, will UCLA be looking ahead? but arizona state (laughs) is like a really good record i don't know yeah you're right i don't know anything about arizona state i don't i don't have a i don't have my hand on the pulse of arizona state or oregon i do not fucking understand what's going on there so i feel like i'm just gonna go with the safe choice and pick ucla yeah this one's a big time shrug game i don't know they are they going to look ahead? Arizona State might be the actual tougher matchup between these. I don't know. Yeah, I'll pick UCLA to to cover. I don't know that they'd get trapped in the look-ahead stuff, but Arizona State's a good team, so I would not be shocked if Arizona State actually wins this game. Uh, but I'll pick UCLA to, to cover right now. Uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific. This one's going to get all the attention, at least for now. Uh, UCLA traveling to Tucson to play Arizona ABC. U- UCLA are three-point favorites over uh, Arizona for Ken Palm. Who wins, who covers? I feel like it definitely depends on if Kirk Carissa gets hot out of nowhere. <laughs> if he does, I think they win. Yeah, but like I don't expect that to happen because he's been bad <laughs> all year long. So I think UCLA is going to win this game. I think they should win this game. Uh, who knows, though? Arizona gets up. They do get up for, for teams, which is maybe a little bit bad if you're wondering about Tommy Lloyd. But... They do get up for these, so we'll, we'll see. Lastly, to cap off an incredible weekend of hoops, USC travels to Tempe to take on ASU at 7 p.m. Pacific on ESPNU. The Sun Devils are four-point favorites over the Trojans. Grapes who wins who covers. I think that Arizona State is going to win this game. Oh, Why okay. is it on ESPNU? What the fuck? Maybe there's other games. I mean, Arizona State, USC, neither of them are ranked, and, you know, they're not exactly like bubble teams right now officially yet. Yeah, I guess that's true. I keep forgetting what? there's like other teams in the world. Yeah, why, why would there be? Why does anyone, they don't, I didn't are, know people there, watched. There? We don't know that yet. I'm we don't not know sure. Yet. There's been zero proof. Uh, <laughs> I thought they just crawled out of their holes in March to play <laughs> one or two Pac-12 teams in the tournament. Um, yeah, I think it's... I'm just not sure about USC. I feel like I've seen too many things from USC this year where... Yeah. I'm not... I don't think they're that good. 
I mean, Arizona I State know. probably too. I don't know. They're kind yeah. of similar. They're like the Spider Man Spider Man meme pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll pick I'll pick Arizona State to win that game. I'm gonna pick Arizona State too, but I mean Arizona State's defense I trust so much more than I trust USC, so that's why I'll pick them. But it's a it's a tough tough pick. All right, that's it. That's our show. This is the biggest weekend of Pac-12 basketball so far this year, so we hope you enjoy it, Grapes. I hope you get to watch some of these games if you get some time. Uh, if you're a football sicko and you're like, what the fuck is this basketball talk? Uh, and you want to talk about, and you want to hear about football talk in fucking January for whatever reason, uh, go over to our over to our Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. Anyway, we'll be here for basketball. That's Avery. I'm Carlos. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Still and thick with smoke So thick it makes you choke The crowd falls in The coffee's kicking And my patience are wearing thin Said I'm lonelier Than a single sex On a quiet city street Things aren't always green On the sunny side of the street